Welcome to Third Chances, a talk show where we like to hear from people who devoted their life to health, fitness and wellness. Medical professionals, health coaches and all the others who help us every day to cure our body, mind or soul. Those who always look for more natural, holistic ways to help even more people to live a happier and healthier life. Those who don't like to give up easily and settle on you or themselves. It is never too late or too soon. I always believe that every one of us deserves not just a second chance, but as many as we need. I'm Vera, your host. Who better than a master of reinvention with an accent to guide you through it, right? Just like they say, you are not a tree, so move. And God knows I have done just that in my own life many, many times. If you are not completely happy with the direction your life is going, this show may help you get the courage to change what is needed, find a new path and take charge. So come on over, pour yourself a glass of wine and spend some time with us. Let's laugh and cry together and get inspired by people just like you and me who overcame their own doubts and took a leap of faith to reinvent their life on their own terms. I hope and pray that we help you on that journey. And if you feel so compelled and inspired, please let us know. Don't be shy. Who knows? You may just be our next featured guest with another inspiring success story. So here we go. Well, hello, hello to another episode of Third Chances, where we talk to super interesting people that change their life for better. And my today guest is very special to me. Dr. Maureen Hayes is a medical doctor for more than 30 years. She's board certified anesthesiologist and pain management specialist. She's a former chief of anesthesiologist at the Marlboro Hospital in Massachusetts, part of the UMS system. Most recently, Maureen practiced at UT MB in Galveston, Texas, where she integrated alternative and complementary medicine into her pain clinic practice, including acupuncture, as well as infrared and magnetic therapies. Marine also obtained certification in age management medicine, not that she needs it, but after learning about and experiencing the power of redox replenishment, she began a career as a redox educator and affiliated with the biotech company, ASEA, to empower others to obtain and maintain their health. And that has been Dr. Maureen Hayes' mission for the past 10 years. Maureen's most infectious smile was what attracted me to her first. And she has this gift to be hilarious on the most serious educational calls, which I love. <laughs> and then I learned she's also Disney princess wannabe. And most <laughs> importantly, we share our love for good wine. So, I mean, she is my people. Dr. Maureen, Welcome, welcome to our podcast. Hey, thank you so much, Vera. Thank you for inviting me on. And yes, we became instant friends after our meeting in the ladies' room. Oh my <laughs> God. That was the best story ever, isn't it? I caught you with your pants down. <laughs> Literally. And you know, since we bonded over wine or my spilling of wine, and, and it is sort of a hysterical um, story, we were at an event where um, 
I had white pants on, spilled like an entire bottle of wine on them and was in the ladies room trying to get the wine out of my pants. And, you know, you never know who you're going to meet in the bathroom when you're rinsing yes. your pants out in the sink. Oh, gosh. So, yes. Yeah, we certainly bonded over that. That was hysterical. But And, you know, it's funny because that was it was uh, this year in April at my ever first convention. And I wanted to meet you. And I was meeting other people that I knew from Zoom calls and from, you know, from, and I met Dr. Ostler. I have him sign my book. I yeah. met Dr. Dick Walker. I met all the people that I knew from Zoom and you were nowhere, nowhere to be found. And this is the last evening. And I went to bathroom. And at the same time, I wanted to meet Tyler Norton because I never met him. And I left my purse with my phone at my table and went to the bathroom where I ran into you with your pants down. And <laughs> I was so excited that I didn't even have the courtesy to like give you space. I'm like, yeah, she can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we stayed and chatted and you were gracious enough to, you know, to actually, there was quite a few people around you chatting and keeping you company. It's, it, you know what? It was a good lesson. The next time I spill wine, I will just go back to my hotel room and change my clothes rather than trying to get the wine out in the bathroom. Yeah, but then we would miss out. We would miss yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I made a ton of friends that day. It was, right? it was a miracle. Yeah. You know? And But the, fu the funny part was when I came back to my table, finally, uh, Robert, my colleague, is telling me, where are you? Norton was right. Um, Tyler was right here. I wanted to introduce you. And I'm like, oh, no. I just I just met Marine. I was so excited about that, but I did meet him eventually. So it, it, everything worked out. And but I'm excited to have you here because you are a fabulous person to talk about the technology that you're working with right now. But I would love to learn about how a medical doctor who made her career in anesthesiology and pain management. How did you progress to start seeking for alternative uh, approaches to medicine? Because usually the classically trained doctors, they don't even bother. So this was what attracted me f first. So please tell us how, how, how it happened. How did you? You know, thank you for that question. And it's a really good one. I like to, my story is all roads lead to redox. And, you know, if I go back in time to, you know, becoming a doctor, all I ever wanted was to be a surgeon. And when I went to medical school, you know, that was my focus. I went up to do my residency in Massachusetts. I'm from the South, grew up in Atlanta and South Carolina did my uh, medical school training um, in South Carolina at the Medical University of South Carolina. And then got a position in urology, GU surgery up at UMass in Worcester, Massachusetts. <laughs> I'll never forget. Um, I actually, I'm actually a Yankee. I was born in Pittsburgh, but it had been a long time since I had dealt with snow. And I wasn't sure about doing a residency up there. When I first um, traveled up there, they were having a snowstorm and I couldn't even leave the airport. I was like, how am I going to do this? I mean, there was so much snow and so much wind, but I ended up going up there and spending 12 years up in Massachusetts. Did my residency in surgery, did two years of general, two years of GU surgery, um, including a year of research. I ended up having my son during that residency. And because of being a new mom, that my focus changed mm -hmm. and I wanted to be able to spend more time, raise my son myself. So, you know, residency is incredibly demanding. So I took a year off. I worked as an, as an ER doctor, um, very exciting, very stressful. 
and yeah. decided that that was not the path for me um, because I felt this is terrible. And my, you know, my gosh, I, I really love ER doctors and I respect them so much, but you never, for me, I never knew if I was right or if I was wrong. You know, if you send somebody home, they don't call you up and say, Hey, good job, doc. You know, I'm feeling a hundred percent better. You don't you get only to find... see them again sometimes. That's exactly. And, and I really liked having the rapport with the patients. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go into anesthesia which is great, very different from anything I'd done before. Um, you know, you're using chemicals to put somebody to sleep and to wake them back up and it can be very challenging. Yeah. And, but I missed again, that rapport, the patients were always asleep. So I ended up specializing in pain management because that kind of brought me back to procedures and, you know, being able to not cut people open, but, you know, stick them with sharp instruments and stuff, which I yeah. kind of enjoyed. I love the anatomy. I love you know, see how the body works. So that was kind of, you know, the culmination of everything. And it gave me a little bit more time to be a mom. I was a single mom. Um, so it was very important for me to be able to spend time with my, my son, mm -hmm. but, you know, I ended up, um, as you mentioned, I ended up being the chief of anesthesia at one of the hospitals. By that time I had met my husband, pediatric anesthesiologist, worked at the same hospital with me. I had gone down to Georgia to take a position as the director of the pain clinic at a community hospital, but ended up getting married and moving back up north, uh, took over chief of anesthesia. And that was where I was first introduced to this concept of um, what we call network marketing or affiliate marketing. I had another physician come to my office and um, it's interesting because you know, here I was, I was chief of anesthesiology, small child at home, married to a doctor who was a pediatric anesthesiologist and also did anesthesia for liver transplants. And so we were like two ships crossing in the night. Oh. And if you look from the outside, you would think that we had all the trappings of success. We had a beautiful house in Cambridge, Massachusetts, walking distance to Harvard, where my husband had gone undergrad and he, he trained in the, with MGH and all. And, you know, beautiful cars, you know, a second home in Florida and Clearwater Beach, you know, beachfront condo, you know, it looked great, but we had no time to enjoy any of it. And yeah. all the money we made, and we made a lot of money, all the money we made went into our bank accounts to pay everybody so that we could keep going. So we could That's just right. get up. Yeah. The parody of, of golden cuffs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The golden handcuffs. Even That's though you loved your, your, your job and what you were doing for people, right? It's just, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was very fulfilling, but you know, I think when, when I was young and I thought about being a surgeon and I would imagine my life, I imagined myself living in this sort of pristine condo where the carpet was white, you know, and everything was chrome and glass. There were no little kids with sticky fingerprints. You know, <laughs> you know, I really had not imagined myself really ever getting married or having kids. But I'll tell you, once you have a child, your whole focus changes. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I have loved my pets and I still love my pets like they're my children. But once you have a baby, oh my gosh, I had no idea how intense those feelings could be, or that, you know, though, I guess the hormones kick in and everything yeah. becomes that little person. So how many kids do you have? Excuse me. I also, in, I was just in Boston and caught a cold while I was there. Okay. Um, I have two. Um, I brought one in and my husband brought one in. So we have an oh, older okay. son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sam, who, um, who is wonderful. He's up in actually up in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then Christopher is, is our younger son who one is 40, one is 30. And they're both wonderful, wonderful kids. Well, wait a but, minute. You, you have them when you were 16. Pardon me. You have them when you were 16. <laughs> I wish I was really, you know, I, I'll tell you, I was 32 when I got pregnant and almost 33 when I had them. And, um, my parents had no faith in me because I was not very child oriented. In fact, you know, they, they were like, we'll raise him for you. You know, you have to feed him <laughs> every day. I mean, it was just terrible. They, they knew you. Yeah. They knew me and they knew I, you know, I really did not like, you know, it's not that I didn't like children. I liked them when you had you them. did not feel fit for it. Probably. I didn't feel fit for it. It wasn't my focus. I wasn't. Was it your career that was more important at that time you thought? Yeah. My, my career, my career was more important to me than, you know, the men in my life. I, you know, I, I, anybody who I was dating, seriously dating, and I was engaged a few times before I got married, you know, if it was a choice between them and the career, the career came first. I mean, that's just how focused I was. Yeah. And I, you know, I worked very hard at it and I loved what I did. And, you know, the only man, I always say this, the only man I would sacrifice my career for was my child, Christopher. You know, and so switching from surgery to anesthesia was a huge thing for me, um, but it did allow me to have a little bit more control. Mm -hmm. And really, when I was married and we were, you know, we were in Massachusetts and being chief of anesthesia meant that not only was I practicing clinically, but I also had all sorts of um, all other things that I had to do that, you know, had to do with the hospital and compliance and verifying different doctors. And it was a lot of hours. And I was on call at that time every other night from home, which meant, and my hospital was a good 45 minutes from where I lived. So if I got called in for an emergency case in the middle of the night, I was driving 90 miles an hour down the Mass Pike to get to that hospital with my child in the back seat, asleep oh on the, yeah. You know, this is so hard to imagine for somebody who is not a doctor, that you actually have no life. <laughs> you are devoted to this profession. You know yeah. what? It, it absolutely. In fact, the where they got the term um, resident or residency is because yeah. doctors used to live in the hospital. You know, right. and it made sense because you had to be there at a moment's notice. Yeah, and it was a very hard way of life. It was very stressful. You know, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep during that time. I really, looking back on it, medical school residencies, and you know, I was a resident for, you know, four years of surgery, three of anesthesia one to specialize in pain. So eight years of residency after eight years of training. And, you know, during that time, I don't really remember too many Christmases or Thanksgivings or anything like that. It's pretty it's much kind a of sidetrack. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a very tough, tough life. Yeah. yeah. And, but we, we sidetracked you a little bit because you mentioned that somebody walked into your office to introduce you to something else. Right. I, you know, it's interesting. Now this is, you know, this is 20 something years ago. So Another doctor came in, <clears throat> excuse me, and he said, do you shop on the internet? Now, I understand you guys, 20 years ago, nobody was really shopping on the internet. Yeah. People wanted to touch and see and feel everything. Um, but I had been shopping at a couple of buyer's clubs, like so that I could have my my dog food and, and things like that delivered to the house. It was just a convenience. And I said, yeah, I do some shopping. He said, well, did you know that you can make money at it? And I was like, no. And he sat down and he started drawing like these circles and sticks and stuff. And I was like, what, what are you doing? And, you know, it was the, <laughs> that, that thing, you know, you get to, and they get to, and after about 10 minutes or so, I was like, Hey, can I show you something? And he was like, sure. What is it? I said, step out into the hallway. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I said, look at the name on the door. Oh, you guys, I can't believe I'm so arrogant. And, you know, of course, it said Maureen Hayes, MD, Chief of Anesthesiology. And I was like, I've got a job and it's a really good one. You know, and I was like, get out of here. You know, and I sent him packing. Now, you guys, here I am. I'm in a job. Yes, I, I've climbed to the top of the ladder, but I'm looking around and I'm thinking, is is this what I worked so hard to get to? Yeah, they're paying me a lot of money, but, you know, oh my gosh, I barely have time to Where's do it. my life? Yeah. It's my life. And, you know, I, I think I've shared, I've shared the story with a lot of people um, about my son, Christopher, you know, here being on call all the time. I had a babysitter for him, somebody that I paid her a stipend um, so that if I got stuck at the hospital and that happened a lot, you know, if there was somebody in the ICU or an emergency mm -hmm. surgery or whatever, and I couldn't pick him up, she would pick him up. I usually dropped him off asleep in his jammies to her in the morning and she would take him to school. And then if I got stuck, she would pick him up. Now, you know, for those parents out there, I don't know if you've ever experienced where you're the last person to pick your child up and they're standing outside of the school, holding the teacher's hand, usually crying because they think they've been abandoned yet yeah. again. And it's just she's probably pissed because she has to be there longer. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they find <laughs> you, but that's not the worst part of it. It's, you know, it's your child, you know, yeah. he's a little guy. You know, and so, you know, I felt like they were forever taking away my mother of the year award. You know, yeah, <laughs> I never got one in the first place. But so I hired this woman, you know, um, and this was, a, you know, you're probably thinking, why didn't you have a nanny? You guys, I worked at Mass Ioneer, um, and you may or may not remember the Louise Woodward, I think her name was. Um, she was the nanny for an eye surgeon who I actually worked with, and she ended up murdering their child. And so it, it was a terrible story. And what was really interesting about it is initially they blamed it on the mother, you know, because of her, her work and all. And, you know, it's, I can remember being in the OR and her making a comment about being worried about her, but she said, the one thing is she loves my children. She'd never hurt my children. And then her, I think her son was named Matthew. So it was a time where people were not hiring nannies. People were worried about it. The yeah. woman I hired was just couple of doors down from me she took care of foster children so I knew what her background was and I paid her to take care of Christopher but one night I got stuck in the ICU my husband was on call at the other hospital and so I called her and had her pick Christopher up and when I picked Christopher up later that night it was probably about 10 o'clock at night really late on a school night but I said to Christopher it's one of those days and we all have them where you're so busy you don't even have time to eat and so I, I said, you know, what did, what did Miss Gloria make for dinner? And he said, oh, mama, she made fried chicken and cornbread and greens. And he's like going on and on and on. I'm like, wow, you know, better than anything you were going to get at home. And he said, but mama, that's not what I had. And I said, what do you mean? That's not what you had. He said, she said she didn't have enough for me. So I got ramen noodles and a Sprite. Oops. You know, it was all I could do not to drive my car through her front door and mow her. I'm not a violent person, but when it comes to my That's child, tough. I was like, That's that tough. was awful. Yeah. And I called my husband. I was like, "That you know, what are we going to do? And like I said, it was a pretty bad time. And we had gone through a number of babysitters who, you know, most of them were college kids and they would call up and say, oh, my friend came in and we're going to go shopping. So you'll need to pick Christopher up. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm at the hospital. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. 
So I actually made a deal with a, with a Chinese restaurant in the neighborhood. The delivery guy's name was Ben. And so anytime I was stuck at the hospital, I would call Ben. I would order food for the entire family. And Ben knew to give Christopher his own little bag of food. And that's how I dealt with it. So I knew Christopher had food if I got stuck at the hospital. So Did you guys, you I'm talking to her about it. Um, not, no, actually I didn't, you know, I, I don't remember. There were some other things that happened that I talked to her about. She was extremely strict. Um, but you know, when you're stuck and I hate to say it like this, but kind of when you're stuck, you know, you make excuses for people or excuses for things. It was not ideal. You compromise I mean, because you know, you, you feeling guilty yourself that you cannot be there. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I'll get to that. It's, it's so funny um, how life kind of does full circles. Right. And, and Christopher survived that. He, he did it. He's, he's quite the little trooper. He's a wonderful person. But anyway, this other doctor came and you guys, here he was, it was like an answer to prayer, but I didn't know it. I, I I didn't understand what he was offering me, but my husband and I were going to a medical conference and he was busy watching a movie. And so I, I pulled a book out of my briefcase. It was a book that my mom gave me at this point. I'm 40 years old. My mom's like, you and your brothers and sisters need to read this book. And it's on money. And I was like, you know what? That's ridiculous. So I wasn't going to read it, but I threw it in my briefcase and I was bored on the flight. So I pulled it out. It was rich dad, poor dad's cash flow quadrant. Of course. And I'm reading through it. And I mean, my jaw's dropping. Here I am 40. I'm a professional woman. I've been practicing for a number of years. I had no idea how money worked. And I'm like hitting my elbowing my husband going, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. And one of the things that Robert Kiyosaki talks about is being able to leverage other people and how to develop businesses. And he talks about network marketing as a business, sort of like a mini franchise. And I got home and I called that doctor who had come to my office and I said, please come back and draw those sticks and circles for me because I did not understand what you were trying to tell me. It was a way out for me. Yeah, yeah. It was a way out. It was a way for me to buy back my time, buy back my life if I wanted to. Um, now, full disclosure, I was a horrible network marketer. So I joined that company and, you know, it didn't last very long because, you know, I joined the NFL, no friends left. You know, people were like, what? No, I don't want to buy soap or toilet paper or peanut butter. I was like, yeah, me either. You know, so I just dispensed with it. You yeah. guys can probably figure out what company that was. Um, one of the giants in the business. So anyway, I, um, I did join another network marketing company because they had products that I was using in my pain clinic. It was a Japanese wellness company. And that actually happened a number of years. We had already moved to Texas and I was practicing pain pretty much full-time at that point. And um, I joined it because I had a personal experience where I had gotten hurt and somebody had shared um, a magnet with me. And I was like, what's that going to do? And they're like, uh, why don't you try it and see? And I was actually in the, in the woods of British Columbia at this, you know, personal growth thing. So it's not like you could, you know, if you got hurt, you couldn't actually leave. Um, and so I used the magnet and the next day I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So when I went back to practice, I looked into, and I brought that into my, my practice. Now I let my patients check it out. And, you know, I became a little bit more integrative with my practice mm -hmm. um, because when you deal with people in chronic pain all the time, 
some people, some people, you know, are just looking for a, a way to get through it. You know, they want to take medications, you know, they're, they're just, they just want their pain dealt with and they're okay. Other people like how I would be is they want to get back to where they were. Yeah, they want yeah. their body functioning. <laughs> and as I practiced, you know, I realized that, that, that wasn't really what was happening. Yeah. In a lot of cases, I was taking people with a pain issue and compounding it by making them, you know, dependent on different medications. And this is before the big opioid yeah. problem. And even yeah. if you if you were doing injections, those are temporary relief anyway. Because I don't know if you know, I have a quite experience with pain management in Florida because I had three surgeries in my back. Uh, the last one was fusion with yeah. screws and bolts, and I was left with severe sciatic nerve pain. Oh and my gosh. So I did all that circle of never ending therapies and different acupunctures and stuff. And then we moved to Florida and a pain management, here we come. And it was unbelievably invasive because you do it, you get some relief or you don't. So you go back and it was like never ending cycle and it didn't solve anything. So eventually I got to point that I said, you know what, enough with this. It just, I have to either learn to live with it or I have to find something that would actually make a difference, <clears throat> which happened recently. But for you, it's like, how successful would you say when you had a patient with chronic pain with the traditional methods, what, what were you able to do? You know, that's a really good question, Vera. And a lot of people, you know, my goal with everybody was to get them to where they could be distracted from their pain. Yeah. So you're, you're walking a tight line because you can take everybody's pain away by knocking them unconscious, right? I mean, we do that in surgery all the time but you want people to have some quality of life too. So if I could get them down to a pain level of out of say zero, no pain to 10 pain, they don't think they can survive somewhere about a three or a four. So maybe they have some pain, a little bit of an ache, you know, something, if they recognize it, they'll be like, yeah, it's still hurting me, but they can go to a movie. They can go out to dinner. They can have great relationships and they can still have a fulfilling life. So that's where we walked. Did I always get there? You know, it just seemed like there was a never ending request for more narcotics or opioids. Um, and then of course you're getting all the side effects from that. And I like to be as um, procedure oriented, but you know, you're talking and epidural steroids is a big thing. We usually start with that. And I'm sure you've had more than your fair share. And all those do is buy time, right? They, they deal with the inflammation, which is sort of the basis of everything that, that, you know, all diseases and all. And so it helps to, to calm that down, hoping that the body will catch up. Well, that's a temporary fix for some people. It worked great for others. Not so great. Maybe they had to have a series of it, you know, and then there's side effects from, from all of the, the steroids. So, you know, it's, it's interesting um, because I, I was kind of unhappy, you know, th number one, even though when I came to Texas, life was a little easier than it was up in Massachusetts. I didn't have to shovel snow at least, you know, to get to the hospital, but, you know, I was still dealing with patients and, and, um, bureaucracy and was at a university. And, you know, the thing that really bothered me is I, I was walking through the hospital one day and I said to my husband, you know, isn't it interesting that when we come to work, every clinic waiting room is full. The surgical schedule is totally full, you know, and, here we are. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, 
we've been practicing medicine for a long time. I said, you know, we've been doctors for over 20 years. All of our friends are practicing medicine. Didn't you think that there would come a time where we just kind of got ahead of the curve, you know, where we would come to work one day and everybody that day would be just fine. And we could sit around drinking coffee and chatting. You want to see the effect. You want to see the dent you're making, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are we doing? Are, are we actually having an effect on people's health? My husband thought that was the funniest thing he had ever heard. And I was like, you know what? Gosh, I'm, I'm actually not kidding about this. Yeah, you know, yeah. it um, gets you thinking because all those years of study and investment in the education and residency and all that stuff. And, and then you look and nothing is changing in your waiting room. It's really, it's, it's gotta be disheartening. Yeah. To a certain extent it is. And, you know, it's funny because we were just, I forget where we were the other day and we were looking at a new building going up and. I was like, what, what is that, a bank? He goes, it's a hospital. Now, there are already like five or six hospitals right in that area. And it's like, we need another hospital? You know, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, so something is seriously wrong. It's the trend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're not even talking about the last two years. I mean, this is just, you know, what's been going on with, with healthcare. So, you know, here I am. You know, I, I have dedicated my life to medicine and to helping other people have a better quality of health and hopefully a better quality of life um, to a certain extent, sacrifice my own life for that, which was, I was becoming a little bit more selfish about um, and really wanting, you know, to, to have more time for things that have become important that I never expected to be important. When I was growing up and I was like, what is my mission in life? And we all think about that it didn't really include being a mom. It didn't include being uh, a wife, you know, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, those things were more and more important to me. So interestingly, you know, I, and with the integrative part of it, you know, I, I, I did different things. I brought in the wellness products from, you know, they were made in Japan, infrared magnetics. Um, I got certified in acupuncture. I learned about mind body, um, energy medicine, things like that. So I was trying to teach my patients. And I didn't know much. I had a doctor that I worked with up in Massachusetts who used to take care of people um, who had generalized pain in their body, generalized discomfort. And he he treated them with nutrition. And I thought, well, that's interesting, but I really didn't know anything about it. You know, yeah. the majority of doctors, at least my age or older, we have no nutritional training, you know. Which is um, insane I, to me. Yeah. I, I know. I know. And I then know. everybody who goes on diet is advised, talk to your doctor before you start a new diet. They have no clue about they it. Have no clue. You know, eat the rainbow. I mean, you know, most yes. of us have gone back and and um, you know, tried to learn something. But but you even the experts, you know, look at how many things have changed over the over the years. Yeah. You know, whether it was, you know, I, I saw rice cakes in in a uh, grocery store recently. And I was like, wow, those are like poison, you know, but I can remember, was it 20 years ago that everybody was eating rice yes, cake? That was the diet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've gone through some crazy stuff and, you know, I'm not sure we still have it right, but we know a lot more now than we did then. But it was interesting. You know, I, uh, I was kind of at a crossroads with a lot of things. I was at crossroads with my mission in life, with what was making me happy, what was fulfilling me as a human being. Um, what was I doing in medicine? You know, was I actually having the effect that I wanted to have? Now, listen, as a surgeon, what I loved about surgery is somebody comes in, they have a ruptured appendix or appendicitis or whatever. You open them up, you take the appendix out, you fix it, 
Yeah. You fix it. You fix it and you send them on their way. I love that. Yeah. You know, in pain, they don't call it chronic pain for, for nothing, right? Yeah. Some people, I got them to a fully functioning life. A lot of people I didn't. And it that was not so rewarding. So I was at a crossroads with who I was as a physician and what kind of impact I was having. We got hit by a hurricane here on the island. I live on an island, Galveston. Um, and we got shut down. Our hospital was shut down in 2008 by Hurricane Ike. And we were out of our home for about six weeks. And I ended up taking a leave of absence and moved um, my husband, besides all the anesthesia, pediatric and everything. And he's a stem cell researcher. He was also in the military. So he kept getting deployed. I mean, our life was just kind of crazy. Wow. So um, he was in Iraq at this time. So I moved to South Carolina where my family was. Um for a couple of years so that Christopher, he was in high school at that time and his high school was just decimated. So, you know, I wanted him to be somewhere where he had continuity and stability. So I moved there and, and stayed um, in Charleston for two years. What was interesting is this was my first time. I was so happy, y'all. It was a dream come true for me. I could finally be homeroom mom. I could finally bring cupcakes for birthdays and things like that. You know, all those things that I had dreamt of you know, while he was growing up. Now dream come true for me, but nightmare for Christopher because he was in high school and he was like, knock it off mom, you know, but his friends loved me. They loved getting cupcakes, you know, and I just, it was so rewarding to me. What was he uh, embarrassed? Yeah. Yeah. Aww. You know, but it's okay. He got you finally got your role mom. I did. Oh, I did. And, you know, but, but his friends thought I was, and still, you know, he just got married this past year and a lot of his high school friends came and they were like, oh, Miss Hayes, you know, we loved, like they would all come stay at the, the condo with so us. It's so much fun to be around. That's why I wanted you. <laughs> because oh, you're so just, sweet. Your yeah. smile is so infectious every time I see you. It's just, you can't help but smile back. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That is really sweet. You know, I hey, I, I'm really all about, you know, in the second part of my life, I'm all about really quality of life, you know, and enjoying what I do. And you know, and sorry, sorry for the, that I have this cold, but, um, usually I don't get sick, but two things I was, first of all, I was at a motorcycle rally. I don't ride motorcycles, but we had a rally here on my Island, 500,000 people. So of course we had to get into the thick of things. So around 500 people, then I went to Boston. So I'm in a plane and I only had two hours of sleep the night. So you guys just a little public service announcement, lack of sleep depresses your immune system. So you know what? I try always to get a good night of sleep before I travel because that if I'm ever going to catch a cold, that's when I'm going to do it. Because especially with the products that that you know we're talking about, very rarely do I come down with anything. But that's another story. But anyway, back to back to gosh, the story of my life. This is like this is awesome. It's like a counseling session. You know, I get to like no, go back to yes. <laughs> But you know, it is so inspiring for other people because we think like we are set in our ways and especially for doctors when I'm thinking like, oh my God, I can't just drop it and do something else all these years to get me there. You know, it's just, you yeah. obviously it's, it's very responsible decision to make to actually move on. And you did, which is really, a, I call myself a master of reinvention because I have reinvented my life so many times, but look at you. I mean, going from doctor to completely new field, which I mean, it is relevant to what you were doing, but it's different. 
you know, it is, it allows me to do what my personal mission is, which is to help people have a better quality of health and a better quality of life in a different way. And I, what I love so much about it, you know, it came to me, sometimes you don't know what somebody's offering you just like that first physician that came and was drawing, you know, the network marketing model for me. And I was like, what, you know, what is this? I didn't realize what the opportunity was. And I actually almost missed this one too. How, I had were, you, how were you introduced to it? Um, interestingly, well, I was introduced a couple of times. Um, I had moved back my, you know, my life while I was in Charleston, my mom got diagnosed with a life-threatening illness and um, she lived in Atlanta. So she got treated there. And then she came to South Carolina to the cancer center there for her. Oh, that's what she had um, for her therapies and all. And they said to her, you know, um, Hey, you're very lucky. We've cured you go live your life. And so we were so ecstatic about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that was great. Well, right after she finished her therapy, my husband came back from Iraq in time for my son's high school graduation. I mean, just like the day before. And while we're celebrating, he said to me, we have to go home. I have an appointment at MD Anderson um, in two days. And I was like, we're here in South Carolina with all of our family here celebrating what's going on. Um, well, he had been diagnosed with a life-threatening disease while he was over there. Very interesting. Oh my thing. God. Wow. And I he was like, yeah. And, you know, he was a former marathon runner. He was over there. Yeah. He was so healthy. He was in his mid, maybe 56 years old, 55, 56. He was doing P90X, if you know what that is, P90X, yoga. He was running eight, 10 miles a day. And on one of his running um, things, he had some wheezing and he had run through a a sandstorm. And so one of the docs said, you know, you're wheezing, you should get a chest X-ray. And he was like, that's ridiculous. I just ran 10 miles through a sandstorm. And the doc said, so did we, we're not wheezing, get a chest X-ray. He did and had a huge mass in his chest, totally asymptomatic other than this one episode. So they send him home. You know, we live outside of Houston, MD Anderson, surgery, chemo, radiation, the whole nine yards. They cure him, but the treatment left him very compromised. He ended up, instead of being a runner, an athlete, he was wearing oxygen to watch TV and he could barely get the refrigerator door open. You know, just overcoming that seal was like a major workout for him. It was, uh, it was crazy. Talking about curing. What's yeah, yeah, you know, and and, you know, I said to my husband, forgive me to all the oncologists out there, but you know, I said, gosh, as anesthesiologists, if our patients didn't wake up at the end of a case, we would be in massive trouble. But you know, you you have that disease, and you know, no matter what goes wrong, they were like, Well, you had that, you know, you're lucky to be alive. It's like, well, yeah, but you know, what about quality of life? Good thing after all those years of research and yeah. billions spent, uh, there would be better solutions. Yeah. You know, you you would think, wouldn't you? And and I'm still, you know, we're very grateful. We feel very blessed that that he's disease free. But you know, um, and it's interesting because my husband, his lab and his research was on growing lungs outside the body. And they were able to accomplish that. They they grew lungs in a bioreactor and translated them into into pigs. And you know, it's they were featured. His lab was featured on the front of um, Science Translational Medicine front page, front cover with his his lungs on there. 
And they actually even sent a experiment up on SpaceX on the to the space station. I don't really know what they're doing, trying to grow cells or something up there. So amazing. But my husband said, you know, gosh, I feel like I'm trying to grow my own lungs. And I said, well, maybe you are, you know, maybe that's why you were called to do that. Who knows? But anyway, he comes back. He's sick. He finishes his therapy on Valentine's Day. A month later, no, not even a month later, two weeks later on March 1st, my mom calls and says, my disease is back with a vengeance. And I was like, oh my gosh. So we fly her from where she is. We bring her to, to Houston to live with us. And, you know, I'm taking her. Now, I'm not just doing traditional stuff. I'm doing everything I can think of. Yeah. I had made arrangements to take her to um, South of Spain to, to the Budvid clinic there. Uh, because they were having some major, you know, um, successes with different things. And uh, a girl I knew, a woman I knew, contacted me and said, you know, I understand your mom is very ill. There's something that you need to know about a biotech um, product that I think would really be helpful for her. And she sent me information on it. And I saw that it was made from salt water. And I, um, I just, I dismissed it. Like so many physicians, so many Western trained, even as open as I was, even as, as integrative as I was, I was not open to that. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know, maybe a timing thing. I call it my period of arrogance and ignorance. I didn't know what she was offering me mm. and I thought I knew better. You know, I'm like, I'm yeah. a physician. This is my mom. I will take care of her. <laughs> well, she died two months later. Um, The only thing that makes me feel better about not looking at that product is she wouldn't go to Budvig's clinic because she <laughs> she found out they do coffee enemas there. And she was like, there's worse things than death. And I was like, you like oh coffee. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's and just I actually know that. about Budvig diet when you, when you mentioned the name. Yeah, I was doing that for cancer patients. Yeah. I, you know what? Yes. I actually ordered quark, I think it's called. And is it flaxseed oil? I can't remember the exact yeah. protocol. Yeah. But yeah. She was, she was not really all that into that stuff either. So, you know, um, she did take some of the apricot pit stuff. I mean, I had y'all, I, I, you know, I did everything I could think of except for redox. Right. So what was interesting is a couple of months later, I'm talking to a friend who had been part of that Japanese wellness company and he was highly successful. He left the company and I called him and I was like, he, he and his wife had been consultants of the year in that company. And I knew him. He lived in Austin, Texas, about four hours away from me. And I, I called him and I said, why? why did you leave? You know, I said, I, I, I know why I kind of moved away from the company. They had some internal stuff and, you know, the products weren't, I, I didn't feel like the products were as good as they had been. And he said, um, well, I came across this technology that is changing people's lives. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll bite. Cause I knew he's not a scientist. He had a background in computer sales, but he was an incredible businessman. And so I wanted to know what he was getting involved in. And when I found out it was the salt water stuff, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I said, not, not the salt water. He was like, yes. He said, I don't know what to tell you, doc. People are having amazing results. So I said, fine, I'll bite. And he sent me some information. And one of the things that he sent me was the study done by Dr. David Neiman at Appalachian State Human Performance Lab on athletes. Mm -hmm. Now they showed in a very short period of time that these athletes had improved, um, stamina they could you know ride faster 
Uh, they recovered faster. And I was like, you know, is this an oxygenation thing? It turned out it was, it's called metabolomics. It has to do with fuel. But you know what, when you think about fuel and why we breathe, you know, it's all about energy production and all of that. There were also studies on something called VO2 max. So I was like, my husband has a breathing problem, an oxygenation problem. This looks like it may be affecting oxygenation. I wasn't really sure what the mode of op operation was. So I thought, what do we have to lose except for, you know, some money? And it actually comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Not to say that it's going to take care of your problem in 30 days, but if you get it and you're like, ugh, this is a scam. Or But unlike medication, it also has zero toxins. Zero toxicity. Which is unbelievable. Yes. And, you know, this is, I'm talking 10 years ago that we got introduced and we really did not have a lot of information. So anyway, I got them started on a funny thing is I was talking to my sister who lives in Charleston. She's a, she's not a doctor or nurse. She's a medical editor for my medical school, Medical University of South Carolina. And I'm telling her about this. And I said, you know, Terry Latham is talking to me about this stuff called redox signaling molecules. I've never heard of it. Still arrogant. And she said, well, I have. And I said, no, you haven't. She said, no, I have. She said, we just got a $10.5 million NIH COBRA grant to study redox signaling in the body for cardiovascular effects, neurodegenerative, orthopedics, aging, obesity, diabetes, you name it. I was like, Surprise, huh? <clears throat> so I told you I'm arrogant or was. Here, Terry Latham, who doesn't even know what H2O stands for. I tease him. He actually does. <laughs> My sister knows about it. I don't know about it. So I started doing a deep dive. I went to PubMed, which is Google for healthcare um, practitioners. And there were at that time, 6,500 um, references to redox signaling mm -hmm. on PubMed. Now today there's tens of thousands, right? There's journals, there's books written on it. There's whole centers, including at Harvard that are dedicated to redox biochemistry. Yeah. So it's really great. There's been um, a number of Nobel prizes given for the discovery of redox molecules, including nit nitric oxide, which most people are familiar with. So this is a real burgeoning field of medicine. It's been around for about 20 years, has not yet gone mainstream, but you guys, this will be as big a field as antioxidants. You know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, people were just starting to talk about antioxidants. Now it's a household word. You know, um, that's where redox will be. Redox is the the yin and the yang or the yin and the yang of um, those reactions. So it's pretty cool. Just so anyway, full disclosure, we are both working for this amazing company. I just want to know people. I was so attracted to Dr. Maureen because when you learn about it, you want to hear from people that know what they are talking about, <laughs> like a doctor. Absolutely. Uh, I also want to state, state here that obviously we are not talking about something that can cure, prevent, heal anything. This is a supplement. So I just want to put that disclaimer out. All we are doing is empowering our own body to do what it was designed to do, heal itself. Thank you for doing that disclaimer. Usually because I am a licensed um, medical doctor, I usually say that because we're not giving anybody medical advice here. Exactly. It's just like Vera said, we're just, it's a bio replenishment agent, y'all. Um, it's something that you have in every cell of your body. You just have less of it as you get older. And by replenishing it, the body is amazing. The body is miraculous. And it often knows, you know, if you've ever cut yourself, you know, unless you need stitches or surgery, you know, it's going to heal, right? How does that happen? 
well, the body has all sorts of, of different reactions and, and responses built in that happen as soon as the damage occurs. I mean, it's just amazing. And a lot of that is facilitated by these redox signaling molecules, all sorts of things. Even our genes being turned on and turned off has to do with redox signaling. So we, we got the product. Long story short, um, my husband was on it. It took about six weeks for us to feel anything. We were just taking two ounces twice a day. And, you know, I... I remember calling Terry Latham and saying, I'm not feeling anything. Can I get my money back? And he was like, uh, you're past 30 days. Keep drinking. And at the time, I didn't think that was funny, but it was a blessing. You know, and, and y'all, again, there there's this recurring theme. Sometimes you don't know when you're being handed something that's an answer to prayer, right? Also, so, I remember uh, you talking about your husband that he particularly loved the taste of it. Oh, oh gosh. He was, you know, he was awful. You know, it does taste. <laughs> yeah. It's a little reminiscent of pool water, you know, it reminds you of the YMCA growing up, but my husband used to just carry on. I mean, I, I would be like, man up, you know, this is ridiculous. And every day I would pour it for him and every day he'd say, what's this? I'm like, it's the same thing as it was yesterday. Now, you know, we keep pouches and he, you know, we've been on the product for 10 years. He will not be without it. You know, in fact, um, he, if we're running low, he's the first one to say, you need to order more because it has made such a difference in his life. My husband, um, is back. He's off oxygen. He uses a little bit when we fly. Um, he has a portable oxygen concentrator, but it's interesting. We just flew to the Dominican Republic this summer and he forgot to bring it. And we were in the airport was an hour and a half away from our home. And I said, maybe we should go back and get it. He said, no, I feel great. Let's just give it a try. Well, it was a four and a half hour flight. I was scared to death thinking I was going to have to ask them to drop the, the oxygen mask from the, from the top. He did great there and back, but we're getting, we just flew to Boston. I made him take the oxygenator and we're getting ready to go to England. I'm like, you will have that oxygenator. I'm not, you know, for however long that flight is, I'm not going to worry about you, but he does great. And, um, just recently did a 5k. So, wow. Yeah, so amazing. That's quite difference from not being able to open a refrigerator. Yeah. yeah, and if that were the only thing that happened, I would be eternally grateful. But, you know, I've shared it with a number of people, you know, and it has spread all over the world. And as a doctor, as anybody who cares about other people or anybody who's on a mission to help people, the fact that you can magnify your efforts, that you can tell people, who can turn around and tell people they don't have to have a medical degree. They just have to care about other people and they don't even have to understand yeah. the science. You know, most people don't understand how a plane works yet. They will get on it and they'll fly from point A to point B. They just want to know that it works and they're going to get there safely and hopefully on time. Same thing here. We have all the tools. We have all the science. We can educate the people who need to be educated or need to do a deep dive. You know, that's perfectly great. That's perfectly fine. But for most people, if you woke up older today than you were yesterday, and hopefully you did, hopefully most of us do, you know, this may be something that would benefit you. Um, if you, you know, I was, I was talking to people earlier today about how much time I invested in my medical career. Because I talk to people and I say, especially if people are looking for another stream of income, I have been amazed. Every dollar that I earn is a measuring stick of a life changed with these products. That's right. And I have just yeah. been amazed at just how lucrative this has been. I, I have replaced my medical income 
by um, being with this company. Now it's, you know, 10 years, but they paid me the whole 10 years, you know, excuse me again. Um, But. But also when you, when you, when, when I remember back to your realization, when you see the waiting room full of people and you give them temporary relief, now you have the impact. You can influence anybody in the world. You don't have to see them in person to, to have impact over their life and wellness if they are open. You know, fantastic point, Vera, because, you know, as healthcare practitioners, we only can deal with the people who are in front of us. And we hope that they take our advice and they take it home and they implement it, but we don't go home with them. You know, we're not looking in their cabinets or the refrigerator to see what they're, what they're doing when they're not in front of us. You know, here we get to go home with them. Not only do we get to go home with them, like I said, they can share this with people. I know I never expected this. You know, I, I didn't want to join. I did not want to do network marketing because I had tried it and I wasn't any good at it, but I did join this as an associate because I got the best, the best pricing on it. So that made sense to me. And I, I said to Terry Latham, I said, don't ask me to go to meetings. Don't ask me to learn a secret handshake. You know, I'm just doing this to see if my husband gets better. Right. And then this is so funny because I have one girlfriend who's a joiner. As soon as she found out that I signed up, she signed up. I was like, what are you doing? She said, I'm going to do this. I was like, good luck. You're on your own. I'm not helping you. I'm not doing network marketing. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay. Well, somehow her mom had an issue with her eye and had not been able to see out of her eye for about nine years. And Sally started dropping it into her mom's eye, the liquid, just the liquid. And one morning she's walking through the kitchen and her mom says, hey, Sally, I see you. And Sally's like, hey, mom, I see you too. And she's like, no, you don't understand. I see you out of my blind eye. Wow. And Sally's like, what are you talking about? Turns out that her mom started seeing shapes and colors again, not full vision, but started seeing something. Ended up her doctor came on and her home health nurse joined. So, and I'm still, I was actually back in training for age management medicine. I decided that that was something the older I got, the more focus I wanted on being able to age gracefully because we all want to be a hundred years old, but not in wheelchairs with people wiping stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to be fully functioning and having fun. So, you know, Sally, Sally was off to the races. Another girlfriend who had had, she had had surgery on her wrist the year before. She's a nurse, a retired ER nurse. And a year later, she's still in excruciating pain. Her hand is swelling. It's turning colors. She's having trouble sleeping at night. She's just miserable. And I called her up, this doctor to nurse, my big endorsement. And I said, listen, she knew Terry Latham too. I said, Terry Latham has us on this stuff. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it works, but you've tried everything else. You might as well try it. And if you don't like it, you can get your money back. And frankly, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Great endorsement. Two weeks later, Terry calls me and says, hey, Joan signed up. I said, Joan who? He said, Joan, your friend in Seattle. I was like, I don't think so. I don't think she would do that. So I call her and she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, the pain is about 75% better. I can make a fist. I can write with my hand. The swelling is gone. The coloring is back to normal. I slept through the night. My husband, Keith, says I haven't looked this great in months. What a great salesman you are. (laughs) Unbelievable. You know, sometimes you just have to be the messenger, right? Yeah. And so, so what that's made how you, what made you, what was the point when you finally decide you owe to give it a serious look as a business? 
Well, as a business, I'll tell you what, it was age management. Um, the last part of my training, you know, you spend hours learning it, you know, most of it was online. And then we flew to Las Vegas and I thought we were going to see patients. Well, I was there, I think for about a, a week. Um, we didn't see patients. These were doctors from all over the world. There were 10 of us in a room. And for four days, we went over what we call didactics, over cases and how we would treat these different cases. So they weren't actually people there. We were just having a sort of a roundtable discussion, mm -hmm. which is fine. Well, that happened for about four days. For the last three days of it, they were teaching us how to sell the program to our patients. And y'all, it was not cheap. It's concierge medicine. It was the program's cost. $10,000, $20,000 a year on top of any medical insurance or anything else. Yeah. And I came home and I said to my husband, you know, that's fabulous. That's awesome. But I actually don't know that many people who have that kind of money on hand. No, I, I do know some who will spend it for optimal health. I said, but you know, this stuff that has changed your life and changed the life of a number of people around us. I said, it's pretty inexpensive in comparison I yeah. said, I know a lot more people not to say it's not the same thing. Y'all don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, Oh, you can do this instead of that. It's different. Mm -hmm. But I was like, there's a lot more people that I think can swing a couple hundred bucks a month who really value their health and really want to get back to optimal health if they can. And I said, you know, I feel like it's my obligation and my duty as a physician to let people know that this even exists because nobody's even ever heard of it. Yeah. And he was like, after, you know, I got his, his hands off of my throat because it was really expensive to get that certification. Now he was, my husband is fully supportive. Um, that's what I decided to do. And I just went out, I let go of the outcome. I just started educating people, just letting them know this exists. If you want it, if you want to know about it, I'm happy to help you learn more about it. What you do with it is totally up to you. You can become a customer, you can use it. You can join me in, in helping to get the word out. Mm -hmm. You know, I have people say to me all the time, um, if this is so great, why don't more people know about it? Well, exactly. we're shouting as loud as we can from the rooftops, but we need more voices to help us. You guys, this is not just natural. It's native. You have it in every cell of your body or you wouldn't be alive. But if your body is under stress, if you're aging or you're under stress, whether that's environmental, emotional, whatever, physical, athletes, you're depleting your body of these molecules and you're causing imbalances. And all we're doing is writing that. And when we do that, your body takes over and does miraculous things. And for a lot of people, it's the answer to prayer. And that's I right. love that. There is one thing I want to show you. Um, you. You may know this book. I don't, but it looks fascinating. This is the answer for why more people don't know about it. Actually, on one calls, Dr. David Silverman talked about it and I ordered, this is 20 years old book. Wow. And I have known a lot about what's going on. I didn't know 50% of it. It's insanely disturbing. It really is. You you got to get it. I will definitely get it. You know, it's... it's uh, it's one of the reasons why we have to kind of be so careful what we claim, what we say, even though we know how impactful this is. 
because I don't believe any of us would go and, and recommend something if it was just for the anti-aging effects or, you know, your skin looking better, right? I, well, we didn't even talk about the anti-aging effects. Well, look you know? at you. I mean, I have seen your pictures from 10 years ago and you are aging backwards. You know, it's it's actually pretty horrifying that I found out that people were using my professional photo from the medical board. And yeah, they were using it as their before and after pictures. I was like, wait a minute, what? Uh -huh. But when you look at them, you know, and I didn't even set it up that way. It was just, it was a professionally done photo that I thought at the time looked pretty good. Now I'm horrified by it. I'm like, you know, that poor girl, what would she look like now? You know, and yeah, I'm 63 and hey, I'm not trying to look 20. But if you can look pretty good at 63 and not look like an old lady or a grandma, great. And if you don't act like a grandma and you can be out there and you can be hiking exactly. and traveling and doing fun stuff, why not? You know, my best friend, Masami, who I, you know, I became best friends with through this business. Um, she came in because she had a, what she thought was a life-threatening illness. Turned out they took out a third of her liver and it was benign but had this huge mid, you know, stem to stern incision. Four days later, after she got out, she was walking the beach with her husband and dog, drinking a bottle a day. She was drinking a bottle a day of this before her surgery. She's out on tennis tournaments, you know, tearing it up. I mean, just having the time of her life. Yeah. Doesn't everybody want that? I mean, don't you want it, not just for you, but for the people that you love and care about to have a fighting chance to have the best possible life and the best possible health you can. Yeah. You got, whoops. You got to do some of it. You know, you can't be sitting on the sofa with a Big Mac in one hand and a clicker in the other, or at least not seven days a week. That's right. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. yeah you, you but look at me. Like here I was the, the, the picture of health kind of, I have, uh, you know, I have cooked my whole life, educated in the healthiest nutrition that is out there, uh, doing all the right things. We were working out. Uh, doing you know all I splurge on is alcohol as you know because we share love for wine but I've never smoked my husband never smoked yet he was on few medications as he was aging I I'm lucky to say that I'm off everything I'm 56 and I don't take any medication which is huge for me because I have seen people younger than me that have that are filling those medical boxes every week and I, it still didn't help to save my husband. There is, we don't know what's going on on the inside, even though everything looks good on the outside. So I look at this as a powerful prevention tool as well. And even for, like you said, when, when you said, I don't feel anything. Well, I didn't feel that my cholesterol was higher and I didn't feel that it suddenly on its own went down 60 points five, five months into ASEAN. So do I feel it? No, but then my blood work showed it, you know, and I'm exactly. That was the first thing for me too, was my yeah. total, uh, my total cholesterol panel. Wow. My doctor accused me of putting myself on medications. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. And at the time I didn't know that a SIA would do that. And so I didn't give it any credit. And then later realized that people, other people were experiencing that. So yeah, you know, it's such a good point, Vera, you know, and, and for those of you who are listening to this, Hey, get back and ask Vera about this, you know, get back, find out what, what we're doing, why we're so passionate about this. Yeah. Um, you know, we're on a mission to educate people. What you do with that information is totally up to you, whether you value it or not, we're not going to judge you. Yeah. We're going to 
wish and pray that you take a close look at this because we have both lost loved ones because either we did not know about it or were too arrogant yes. to take the time to learn about it. So yeah. don't let that be you. And, you know, if you're looking for a stream of income, what I was telling people earlier is, you know, 10 years is going to pass. Hopefully, you know, you'll be alive. It's taken me 10 years to get to this income, but it was growing. They were paying me the whole time. And I'm at, you know, I'm at an incredible income that I can't believe the, the so cool thing about it is it's residual. When I stop practicing, they stop sending me checks here. If I stop, if I go on vacation or I spend time with a loved one who needs, you know, more, more TLC, the checks keep coming Yeah, and they will keep coming. This That's is something that I can will to my kids, you know? Yeah. So it's pretty That's the biggest difference between working, if, devoting your hundred percent of your time for money or having something that brings money when you build the foundation that money stop starts coming kind of on its own <laughs> yeah well it comes in when you're sleeping right i mean it's amazing because i was talking to one of my um one of my newest associates is a she does medical equipment so she's always going to cardiologists and all and she called me yesterday morning <clears throat> excuse me and she said I'm in my car. It's freezing cold here. I mean, it's 50, you know, but it's Texas. So we're cold. Um, she said, you know, I'm freezing cold and I'm driving to all these appointments and I'm just imagining you at home in your cozy house with a cup of coffee and your pajamas. Yeah. I was like, yes, I actually am. I'm sitting here with coffee in my jammies, you know, in front of my computer talking on the phone. No, I and, love my life. And you are not on call to get up in the middle of the night and, and rush to, you know, exactly on life. Yes. And you know what? You know, I came down with a cold and I stayed in bed for a couple of days and nobody, you know, it was no big deal. I couldn't do that while I was practicing. Yeah. I didn't, couldn't even have a cold, you know, nobody wanted to know their doctor was sick. So you, you know, you didn't have Marie, the luxury. It is such a pleasure to talk to you. I, I knew it's going to be fabulous because I was in love with you from the moment I first saw you. <laughs> Leave that us the girl's talking, but uh, would you, I, I would like to ask you to, you know, part of ways, uh, maybe one, one piece of advice that you found helpful for you when you want to encourage somebody like a medical professionals that are obviously spent tons of money on education and building career, and they may not feel like you did that, first of all, they don't make the biggest impact as they thought they would. And the second of all, they don't have a life. And we only have this one life. So we better do what is the best possible with it. What would you say to these people that are considering maybe looking at it and being skeptical? You know what, if I understand. We, we were all, we all were skeptical, maybe yeah. more than skeptical. Yeah, I, I would say that a lot of healthcare professionals go beyond skepticism. It's more cynical. Yeah. Um, so, you know what, I would, here's what our founder, Virtus Norton, said to me. Um, Terry Latham tricked us, <coughs> excuse me, into having dinner with him. And he just <laughs> laughed us. We were like, we were sitting with our arms crossed over our chest. Yeah. And, you know, it was like having dinner with Warren Buffett or E.F. Hutton or something. I mean, the man is amazing. And what he said to me was suspend disbelief. 
Yeah, that is so powerful. So if you're looking at this, if you're thinking like I thought that this was ridiculous, I live on an island surrounded by salt water. I didn't think I needed to pay for it. This starts as salt water. It goes through a very complicated process over several days that splits the bonds. They recoalesce as these redox signaling molecules. And the miracle is that they're stable in this solution with a shelf life. And we've verified that, not just internally with our quality control, but by third parties as well. How does it compare to any other supplement on the market? You know, supplements are fabulous and I'm a huge supplement fan. Um, that is gas going into your tank. What we're working with here with Redox are the spark plugs in your engine, right? You can put all the good stuff in your tank that you want, but if your engine is not turning over, you're not going to get the full benefit. So two totally different things. This has no nutritional value, but this is everything. This is this is the the energy of life, really. You know, it's, I know that sounds incredible, but it really is. If you took these molecules away, just like oxygen, you would not live for more than a few minutes. I mean, that's how foundational they are. You have trillions of them already in all of your cells. We're just fixing deficits and imbalances. We're just boosting up the volume of it. That's all we're doing, but you know, give it a try. If you're skeptical, be your own case study. Get on the products. Most of the physicians, and we have tons of physicians, chiropractors, nurse practitioners, naturopaths, you name it, who are part of this. And most of them came in because of a personal need or somebody in their family, whether it's their husband, their father, their mother, their child, their dog. And when they realized what was happening, they were like, there's something here and I need to do a deeper dive. Yes. So if you're wondering Use it for yourself, use it around, get it on as many people as possible because you've already heard that there's been a couple of us that it took a long time to get a, a response. Some people like my girlfriend, Joan, will respond overnight. Others, it might take a little while. They're always working whether or not you can appreciate and value the the change, you know, is, is what's happening. And we don't want anybody to miss out on their blessing. So, you know, please get back in touch with Vera. Um, I don't know, Vera, if you're going to put my website or up, you know. Yes, I will, of course. Feel yeah. free to contact. If you ever send it to me. Oh. <laughs> I know? Well, it's pretty easy. It's MaureenHayesMD.com. You can go, you can learn about it. But if if you're here because of Vera, please get back to Vera and she can help you. Um, she's an amazing woman. She, you know, loves sharing this with people. And I love being here just to help her spread the word. Thank I know it's so not much. her own, but it's a really Thank important you. one. So. If you if there was if if there was the option to do over, and now if I don't want to miss the opportunity because we are on a video, you brought your Disney princess reinvention. <laughs> you, you earn a rank that congratulations you became. Uh, and I'm not sure it was triple diamond. Yeah, I just became. Yeah, about it's then in may so you know so you I, I have to that. you have to become the disney princess it's beautiful yeah. congratulations thank you well it started is there uh, one thing you would do over differently i wouldn't wait you guys i you know what if you always wish you knew what you knew back then you know yeah. that you know now i i wouldn't have been so hesitant i you know i didn't want to do the network marketing part of it. And y'all, that's what has given me everything I've wanted in my life. 
You know, it's allowed me to build teams, to make friends with people all over the world. I have teams in Slovenia. I didn't even know where that was. You know, I've been over <laughs> I've been over there. It's, it's a beautiful country. Yeah. There are teams in, in Asia, you know, all over Europe, um, Mexico, Asia, Canada. Gosh, I, I don't even know how many countries my teams are in. So, so you're much. impacting health of people that you you would never even met if you were a doctor seeing patients in your office. Exactly. And I love it. You know, people come up and, you know, they'll thank me for being a part of this and for sharing it because it's impacted their life either directly or indirectly. So, and Vera, you can let your, um, you know, your listeners know about every Friday night, we including. Yes. Um, this coming Friday night. Well, if this shows before Thanksgiving, um, we, yeah, no, we'll actually have one on thanks on the Friday after Thanksgiving, giving thanks for ASEA. So yeah. it's called the ASEA 5 and you can access it at www.discoverasea.com. It's at 8 p.m. Central on Friday nights for about an hour. We usually interview um, medical professionals, sometimes athletes, sometimes teachers or, or other things, but on the most shows, it's the medical doctors or healthcare practitioners. And you know what? It just goes to show you that this is so much bigger than just me and Vera. Yes. This is thousands of people all over the tens of thousands of people all over the world. So come join us, be a voice, be a force for good in the world and help us get the message out. I couldn't say it any better. That was wonderful dot to end our conversation. I'm so grateful, Maureen, that you made time. I know it's been hectic lately, but I really, really wanted you to have you on my show because of your infectious smile and your absolutely fantastic knowledge about this but also to showcase you as a person who kind of put her ego aside, realizing that there may be things that you don't know that led you to an entirely new path in life that actually changed your life for better. I think it's not only about work for us, we work hard on this, but we also wanna live life and, and be there for our loved ones when they need us. Absolutely. Big important. Hey, thank you so much, Vera. Thank you.